don't want you to miss it. Uh, seize the moment. Seize the opportunity. They don't come every day. There are times that come from the presence of the Lord. The Bible says in Acts, times of refreshing. And nothing's more refreshing than seeing the family grow, right? I mean, I had two children, a boy and a girl, and that was so refreshing, we stopped right there. <laughs> but thank God for what he is doing and how you're reaching out. Hey, this, this church is not just reaching Avon in this area, but did you see where your pastor is today? Huh? That's a long ways away, but God has put him there at this specific time. So God bless you. Keep it up. Pour it on. Go for it. God is for you, and if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? Now, since we were here last, uh, I've had a birthday I don't know what, those things keep coming around. I can't quite understand that. Um, I have now entered into that wonderful decade of the 80-year-olds. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I have. That's, that's it. My wife and I have just been married 59 years. <clears throat> Stand up, baby, honey. This is my bride, my wife. God bless her. Thank you. Now, in life, we go through a lot of things. And Andre Kraut summed it up by saying, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions about tomorrow. Been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave blessed consolation to let me know that trials, my trials, can make me strong. Through it all. And so I've been asked to play, and I'll do that, and then we're going to get into Galatians 5 and see what God has to say to us today. Thank you for allowing us to come and share with you. We love Crossroads. You know, uh, I was at Lakeview for 23 years, and out of that church came this church, and a part of it, now then, look what you're doing for God. So it's all because of Him.
Thank the Lord. Amen. He does so much in our lives, and we praise him for it. Well, you've had a great series. You've looked at uh, choosing life, living in grace. Grace is a gift. Are you a slave or a son? Relationships, sons and daughters. And today, living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit. Great way to live. Now, I, um, I checked this out with Pastor Craig and, uh, and my wife. <laughs> and I have learned over the years that you need to do that. <laughs> well, not Pastor Craig, maybe, but <laughs> you got it. Um, so, the thing that I want to emphasize today is that there is a warfare between, and this, I want this understood so you know that I'm not being uh, desecrating of the word, but the battle that I face is JG, initials, and JC. Johnny Garrison and Jesus Christ. Huh? Johnny Garrison, here he is. Sorry. <laughs> Best I can do. Here's Jesus Christ. Amen? Old Johnny may not get it done, but he will. And so today, how do we get in step with him? That's the important thing. And, and, and you may be like I am at times. How, how do I get this all right in my head? Because there are things that pull and tug in both directions in our lives, right? And so consequently... We have this battle between the flesh, pinch yourself, that's you, I bet it is. I checked this morning, I checked, I checked. There's no wings forming back here. Those are shoulder blades. I think that's what they, how do you call them shoulder blades when they're clear down? I don't know, but anyway. We are flesh, but thank God there is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, that knows how to bring that tension that's going on in our lives all together and to help us with that. So, here we go. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Let's read it together. You just follow along with me here. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated now, just watch that word, hold on to it. You've been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith. Man, I like that. Eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, let's just, let's just stop right there for just a second. The work of circumcision, as it is given to us here by Paul, and as he shares this with us, that is a work of the flesh. That is a, a, a work that is accomplished by the fleshly body that God has given us, and that's what this is all about. But when you are trying to be justified by that law, 
in the New Testament, in this day, in this day of grace, in this day of mercy, in this day of God's love, in such a marvelous way, you are being alienated from Christ. Now, what does alienated mean? Well, the, the Greek word for alienated means it is going in the wrong direction. You are moving away, and you are not getting closer And as a result of that, there is an alienation that takes place between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you've fallen away from grace. Now, let's pick it up and go on here for just a minute. And we'll finish out this first portion. You were running a good race. Mm Mm-hmm. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Now, let's unpack this a little bit more here. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, watch this. You were running a good race. You ever had that? Running, I mean, you were going for it, right? Oh, yeah. I used to run the 440 relay. Me and three other guys. (laughs) Had the baton. Anybody ever do that? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I was a kickoff guy. (laughs) Man, I I mean, I peeled down the the cinder track. That's what we're running on. University of Arkansas, Fayetteville. Big time for Pea Ridge. I just had my high school reunion, so I was just talking to the guys about this. We had one guy that was a showboat, Floyd Ricketts. Oh, Floyd, he would get running, and boy, he looked at the grandstand to see how everybody's doing. And so I got a good lead, and then James Brown grabbed the baton, and then Lloyd Richardson grabbed the baton, and then we gave it to Floyd, and he came around the bend, and he was ahead of everybody else, and he got to looking around, and and tripped and fell and slid about 10 feet, and we lost a stinking race. Thank you, Floyd. He wasn't at the reception, the reunion. Good thing, I could take him outside and beat him up. (laughs) But, you know, isn't it a strange thing how things can cut in on us from obeying the truth? The truth is, our coach always said, keep your eye on that tape down there. Don't look anywhere else. That'll all take care of itself. You keep your eye on the goal and don't neglect the prize. Amen? Hey, I'm running for the prize this morning. I've been doing this a long time. I, uh, I preached my first sermon for my dad when I was 13 years old. Great to have a dad for a pastor. He'll let you preach if you want to. <laughs> and I did. Boy, I preached a message that would blow you away. And it did. And he sat me down. We got home and said, hey, I want to straighten out your theology. What I had done was built the church on Peter. And he said, it's not that way. He said, you might make a good Catholic priest. But you probably won't be a good gospel preacher because it's on the confession of faith that Peter made that Jesus said, I'll build my rock, my church. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I said, oh, (laughs) I get it. Thanks. And thanks. Thank God for a good dad that would sit me down and say, Johnny, this is not it. Get it right, son. So I'm still trying. I just had my 85th birthday. Whoa, hold it back up. 81st birthday. I'm so anxious to get to 85, I just can't hardly control myself. (laughs) But what a wonderful thing it is to keep your eyes on the goal. Got to do it. I've got to do it. Every 
one of us have to do it. I don't care who you are, how old you are, how young you are, how whatever you are, keep your eyes on the prize. Amen. Good, Johnny. Thank you. Okay. Now, you know, laws are, they're stinkers sometimes. Isn't that right? Um, you, you notice my tie, huh? Yeah, I dressed up today. I'm styling. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Florsham made these, in case you want to know. These are not just puppy dogs I got somewhere. These are Florsham shoes. So, as I come to this place in my life, uh, Betty and I, for the last three years, we have helped seven churches find pastors. And I just finished up in Newcastle, and I don't miss that 123-mile round trip this morning before I had to come and preach. I just enjoyed about 15 minutes, 12, 15, whatever it was, and just sailed out here, and it's cool. But you know why I'm doing that? Because at a youth camp when I was 13 years old, God called me to preach. Called me. I didn't look in the magazine and say, hey, there. They want a pastor. They want a preacher. I think I'll be one. No, sir. There was a call of God that came into my life, and I was raised in a place that had laws. In Arkansas, we had some denominations there, and one of them believed that you had to wear a white shirt buttoned at the collar to stand in the pulpit. Okay. And then another one believed that you ought to wear a tie, and if you didn't have a tie on, you shouldn't get in the pulpit or on the platform. Oh, where are those? Hey, I can't, I can't, of course you can't. That's flesh stuff. If I want to wear a tie, if you don't want to, Huh? Okay. You've got to understand that in this love thing, the only thing that counts, remember this, this is from the scripture we just read, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Oh, wow, that one hit. But isn't it true? Because anything else, you can get to be pretty critical, and judgmental. When I went to Southwood Church, I was down there the first Sunday I was there. I saw a guy that came in, and he had a ponytail, and he wore a muscle shirt, which I don't wear. <clears throat> and uh, there's a reason for that. Come on. And, uh, and so I, I looked at this guy, and I thought, man, that guy needs the Lord. I mean, it's a natural. Look at him. And then we start worshiping the Lord, and I saw the hands go up, and I saw the tears come down the cheeks, and I saw a man that was in love with Jesus, and I wouldn't baptize hardly anybody unless I had him or another guy with me that's here with me today that used to be my youth pastor there. And uh, Tim, stand up let people just... This little guy here used to help me baptize people. <laughs> I mean, send them on. It doesn't matter how big they are. We'll handle them, won't you, Tim? <laughs> but God, God has so arranged it so that we, listen, listen, so that we should not make a judgment call on people. Huh? We might miss it. I missed it. This guy turned out to be the chaplain of Johnson County Jail down in Franklin, Indiana. Can you believe that? This, 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 this. But God loves us, loves us. Every one of us loves us so much, so much, so much that he gave his son that he went to a cross and did like this for us. Just a little bit of wrong thinking can get you going in the wrong direction. 
So, let's move on. Galatians 5, 13 through 21. Here we go. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Man, that's good. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Ooh, wonder what he's trying to say there. (laughs) I think it's pretty plain, isn't it? So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Walking in the Spirit. How how does that work? When I went to uh, Evansville to my first pastor, my little boy was about uh, two, yeah, two years old. And this was back in the day when everybody in the church that, that were believers and, and a part of the church were brothers and sisters. Remember that? Now, the reason that we did that back in those days is because the pastor couldn't remember everybody's name. So they'd just go up and say, <laughs> how are you, brother? How are you, sister? Bless your heart. Nice, nice to see you. You're such a wonderful person. And, and, uh, huh? Yeah. So... My custodian was Brother Davis. I loved him. Big, tall, stalwart man. Kentucky. Overalls. Beautiful. Wonderful. And he was out one day mowing the yard. And he'd take big old steps. And I had gotten my son a little mower. Play mower. And so I looked out my office window. And here's what I saw. Brother Davis. And here's my son. What was he doing? He was trying to walk in Brother Davis's steps. Hey, the flesh, we just don't have it. But the custodian of our love and our lives has it. And I want to walk in his steps. And I've been trying all my life And you know what? It's working. (laughs) Hallelujah. I am a child of the living God that loves me and cares for me. And it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. God is still God. Amen. He is. And he still loves me. I can't make him stop that. Because he is a God of absolute love. Now. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. If you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now listen to the acts of the flesh. They're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man, how many feel like you just got shocked? Every one of those fits of rage. Oh, that's not in there, is it? Yeah. It is in there. What do you know? I I think I had one of those last week. That person, I couldn't believe it. They put on that right turn signal and turned left. 
And I started to go around them, and I'd have T-boned them if I didn't have good brakes and great reflexes. And I said, I, I did. I caught myself saying it. You idiot! <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Anybody ever have? Is there anything in that list that hit anybody in this room? <laughs> is there anything in that list that missed anybody in this room? No. Works of the flesh. We, the battle is on. It's going on right now. And we can slip into all kinds of difficulties if we give way to the flesh. And so, God loves us so much that His Spirit is provided to lead us into fulfillment and peace and joy. Ah, how many... How many ways can we look at this? You can slip into idolatry by many different forms, right? You know, uh, some people believe it's important to have a budget to live by. Now, this is, this is taking the Scripture and making it what you can walk out. Okay. So, one time I married this couple, and uh, they were married quite a while. And then one day, there was a knock on my door. And uh, I went to the door, and my secretary had said, uh, uh, Patty's coming up to see you. And I said, okay, that's fine. And so when I opened the door, there stood Patty, and she had a big black eye. And I thought to myself, I'll bet this girl's looking for Territon cigarettes. She'd rather fight than switch. <laughs> a lot of you don't know what that commercial is, do you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody remember that commercial? Yeah, sure. Where y'all been? <laughs> there was a commercial, and that's what it was. If, if you didn't smoke Territon cigarettes, and then you just, you're just messed up and, 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 and trying to find them and so on, and somebody would punch you out, and, and you'd rather fight than switch, okay? okay? So that has nothing really to do with what I'm going to say. But, <laughs> so there stood Patty, and I said, uh, what happened? Oh, she said, Steve, just punch me out. Punch me out. I said, really? It's not good. Now, how can we help? Well, she said, uh, here's what happened. I went to uh, Paul Harris. Anybody remember Paul Harris? He makes dresses, I think. I never bought one, but I, my wife, I think, has. And anyway, and... I bought 400 and, I think I remember the exact figure, $76 worth of dresses. All right. Happy day at their house, huh? And she said the check bounced. The check bounced. And Steve was so angry, he punched me out. And I said, well, that dirty dog. No, I didn't say, I don't know what I said. I said, oh. <laughs> and then I came home that day and told my wife, honey, we're going to have to do something about our premarital counseling. We're going to have to talk more about finances because it didn't work out too well for this couple. But you know what he did? He came home one day on a Harley-Davidson motorcycle that cost $6,000. It made everybody so happy. <laughs> Can I tell you that they were divorced? Hmm? You know what happened? Broke the law. If you love someone, you share with them, right? And some people say, well, I, I, just, I, I just can't get it done. No, you can't get it done by yourself. It takes two to tango. We all know that. And so the God of heaven and the flesh that he created, he has made a way to break the tensions and all the stuff that can get in there and alienate us one from another and bring us into the fulfillment of the power of the fruit of the Spirit that he provides for us to live by. Amen, amen. Give God a hand for that. He's worthy. Now, hallelujah. Now, here we are. 
Romans 7, 19 says, I want to do what's good, Paul, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul describes this conflict in us, and he struggled too. So, this is how that it works. The flesh. The flesh wants, some, for some reason, the flesh wants to do its own thing. Which becomes bondage. If you just do what the flesh wants you to do all the time, you're going to be in trouble. You absolutely are going to be in trouble. Because the flesh is contrary to the spirit. J.G. has a hard time being Jesus Christ. In fact, I can't be. But the spirit has been provided so that he will help me be what he wants me to be. Now, flesh produces doubt, right? While the Spirit produces faith. This is good. Flesh produces religion, while the Spirit produces relationship. Amen? Flesh produces legalism, while the Spirit produces grace. Not just for you, but for others. From you. Oh, that helps, doesn't it? Yeah. So, if you feel that pull and you don't know what to do about it, try walking in the Spirit. Huh? That's not real hard, is it? Oh, well, yeah, it kind of is, really. But uh, how do we get free, stay free, live in the power of the Spirit, and so on? Well, I'm going to help you with that. Now let's go to Galatians 5, through 26. Here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Isn't that fantastic? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Wow, that is so good. That's the way you do it. <laughs> now, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, okay? So, we're great to talk about the power. <laughs> but... The Bible never did say, by their gifts you shall know them. Really? What does it say? By their fruit you shall know them. Did I just tell you that you can't judge other people or you shouldn't? Yeah, I did. But how about this? You can be a fruit inspector. Huh? By their fruit. Ye shall know them. Vacation Bible school on Indian reservation. The teacher was teaching about flesh and spirit. And said to the class, now boys and girls, there are two dogs inside of you. One's black, evil. One's white, good. And they're fighting. Which one do you think is going to win? Yes, Johnny. Not me. <laughs> but it came in handy, so I'll use it. Which one's going to win? The one you feed the most. Bingo. That's it. How do you feed the Spirit? Right there. That's the way you do it. Thus saith the Lord, and that is more important than what J.G. wants to happen. So here we go. I've got three words for you. See, listen, and follow. Okay? This is the way that you can walk in the Spirit, and it'll work. First of all, keeping step with the Spirit requires me to see, to see what God wants. 
And just because sometimes you walk in the dark or you can walk in the dark, also remember that instead of the darkness, God wants to make a provision for you, okay? Now, okay, let's just say I'm going to take a step out into the dark. Anybody ever been there? Call it a leap of faith, whatever you want to call it. But you don't know what's out there. I'll tell you what God will do for you because he loves you. Number one, he'll either provide a rock for you to stand on or he'll give you the ability to fly. I want to fly. Excuse me. I want to have the ability that God provides when I don't know how to get there, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what to do with all these things in my life, and all of a sudden, there's God. (laughs) And one of these days, those flying lessons are going to pay off, and I'm going to leave this planet, and I'm going to go to be with Him, because His Word says that if He's gone away from us, He'll come again and receive us unto Himself, that where He is, there we may be also. Hallelujah. And so God can help you fly. Amen. He can help you fly. <laughs> Woo. Good stuff. Now, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. There it is. Number two, listen. Listen. God speaks, but we have to be listening. Oh, man. My wife and I went for listening examinations the other day, tests for a hearing. Oh, man. It's terrible. Just terrible. We both had our test, and the clinician came out and said, well, I've got the results. Now, I knew my wife had trouble hearing. I knew that. Very obvious. But me? No way. So he says, Mr. Garrison, I have the results of your test here. Your wife does need hearing aids. But your hearing is worse than hers is. I knocked that guy. No, I didn't. I said, you've got to be kidding Yeah, I said, you know what your problem is? You have selective hearing. (laughs) Selective hearing. You mean I select not to... Come on. (laughs) I listen to her all the time. (laughs) Thank you. God speaks, but a lot of times we're not... Hearing, I, 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 I typed something up here. Yeah, here it is. This is so good. I, well, it's not good, but it's true. Hearing, listen to this. This is a word used to describe the physiological sensory processes by which auditory impressions are received by the ears and transmitted to the brain. That's pretty good for a guy from Pea Ridge, Arkansas. <laughs> Had 17 in my graduating class. Ought to have been good. Now, that's hearing. You know what I'm talking about. Well, let me, let me tell you what listening is. Listening, on the other hand, refers to a more complex psychological procedure involving interpreting and understanding the significance of the sensory experience. Well, my, my, my. Now, how many have ever raised kids? Children. Little children. Bruce, don't do that, son. Took care of it, Betty. He'll be okay. Two minutes later, he does it again. Same thing. Bruce, I don't want to hurt your eardrums, but you get the, I cranked the volume up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? By the third time, old dad started preaching. (laughs) Was the kid hearing me? Of course he was hearing me. 
Absolutely. He couldn't help here. If he wasn't hearing me, we need to head for the emergency ward and get the drill out and pump that kid's head because he stopped up. But was he listening? Afraid not. He didn't get it. How about us? The Bible says, Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know where that voice comes from? The Holy Spirit. Watch it. Last of all, follow. How do you follow? How do you follow the Spirit? It's one thing to hear it, but you can't be led if you're not going to take action on what you hear. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And guess what? If I do that, I am never alone. Never alone. Because the Bible says, he will never leave me or forsake me. He won't. He's with me. The Spirit is with me. I don't have to try to conjure up something. He is there. He is there to help me. Now, I'm going to wind this up here. So hold on real fast because I'm going to move. The flesh says it's impossible. The spirit says all things are possible. Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. The flesh says I'm too tired. The spirit says I'll give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me all you who are laboring and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. The flesh says nobody loves me. The spirit says I love you. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The flesh says, I can't go on. The spirit says, my grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in your weakness. I can't figure this out, the flesh says. The Spirit says, I'll direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Praise God. That's God caring about us. It's not worth it, the flesh says. The Spirit says, it will be worth it. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Guess what? I don't care who you are, what is going on in your life. God, as I said earlier, loves you with an all-encompassing love and wants to pull you to himself. I can't forgive myself, the flesh says. Spirit says, I forgive you. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. Flesh says, I can't manage. Spirit says, I'll supply all your needs. Philippians 4, 19, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The flesh says, man, I'm afraid. The spirit says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and sound mind, 2 Timothy 1, 7. Flesh says, I'm always worried and frustrated. Spirit says, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your care on me. I care for you. Flesh says, I'm not smart enough. Spirit says, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The other day, I was headed home after a funeral. Like I said, 
I'm now in my 80s. I recognize my ability to attract youth. Good luck. I know who I am. I know what I am. I know where I've been. And so, I began in my mind, I said, Lord, I need to know what, where's my place at this time in my life, my ministry? A year ago in April, I received a phone call, a year and a half ago now almost. I received a phone call from a man. He said, I was raised at Lakeview Church. I've got a problem. I'm being given six weeks to live. Can you help me? I remembered him because I buried his mom and dad back through the years. Praying mom, man, I mean a prayer warrior. So I went out to see him in the hospital, St. Francis South. Got there, he was bad. Prayed with him. Some of the family was there. He prayed with us. Sinner's prayer. Went back home. I went back home. Next day, phone rings. He's dead. Would you do his funeral? Yeah. Not going to be easy. But I'll do it. I'll be there. Almost a year to the day, phone rings. Brother. I knew who he was. He said, you know me, I think. And I said, sure I do. I remember you from your brother's funeral. He said, yeah. He said, I've got incurable cancer. And these guys had grown up in the church, but they'd strayed away. They forgot the prize. I said, I'll come out and see you. I'd love it, he said. And I went three times. I led him to the Lord. I had his funeral. Big funeral. And I, I rehearsed this in my mind. And then the Lord said to me, my call on your life for this time is to help connect people with me. That's why I'm here this morning, folks. You guys have had some great speakers, and I want to tell you, Pastor Craig is growing by leaps and bounds. He's a preacher. I'm proud of that guy. But if there's any way that I can help you this morning, get focused again. Eyes on the prize. I'm not, I don't tell you what to do, what God's call is for your life. I can confirm that sometimes. Holy Spirit helps us do that. But I just want you to know this morning, I'm here because I love you and I care about you. And I want to see God's plan fulfilled in every one of your lives. And so, through it all, I want to leave you with this one verse of Scripture. And if you'd stand with me right now. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14 says... I want you to listen to this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. That word fellowship in the Greek is communion. There is nothing that takes the place of the communion of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That fellowship, that relationship. And I just ask the Lord to just cover this church with His presence, 
his guidance, his fellowship. And I pray that each of you will walk in the power of that. Will you pray a prayer with me this morning? Repeat it after me. It's not long, but I want to say it. I want you to say it with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today thanking you for loving me. Thanking you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for being with me. You said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So I'm not alone. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. We've all sinned and come short of your glory. But now then, I want to come home. I want to come back to you. Receive me. You said you would. Because I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> Thank you for being my caregiver. When I didn't even know it. And from this day forward, I want to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.